You're listening to Riverview Church Conversations, a podcast for the spiritually curious. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Review Church Conversations podcast. Hello. This is a podcast for the spiritually curious. Mm. And across from me, I have the most spiritually curious well, person. I wouldn't say that. Ryan Gagler. Yeah, look, good to have you with us. Yes. Uh, Reese, you've just been on leave. We just tried to do the launch of this and it didn't go so uh, well. Failed attempt. This is, this is take two. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> uh, you've been on leave. You've enjoyed some time off, some time to rest. But I, 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 I just wanted to check in with you, as we always do, with a, a fun question. Here What's the most awkward um, church greeting experience Ooh. you've had? We've all had one. Yes, we've had many. I've yeah. had I've had many. <laughs> I have them on a weekly basis. Uh, but the first thing that comes to mind is um, actually involves Joyce Meyer. Wow, and name I, drop. Yeah, I know, right? It wasn't. It was not in a church environment, but it was in uh, Joyce Meyer conference in the United States. Okay, and obviously she was the she was the big. The big draw card. What were you, you know, doing there, Reese? I was uh, ministering to the masses in a worship setting. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, I was I was playing bass for um for Martin Smith actually. Wow! And we were backstage, and yeah, there's two name drops. We should have a little ding sound. Um, and we we're backstage meeting Auntie Joyce, and she was there with her husband and her entourage, and we all she went kind of like the Queen went down the line <laughs> shaking hands, and I went in for the handshake, and I got dominated. Like uh, my hands were crushed by, by the, Joyce by the force of Auntie Joyce's will that went through her handshake, and I was I she was in charge that day. And you've never washed your hands since. Well, you know, it was it was quite a <laughs> moment. Like she's she's certainly she's certainly a uh, force to be reckoned with. There you go. Um, but you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna be demoralized in a handshake sense, like who better to do it than Joyce Meyer? Fair play. Yeah. What about you, Ryan? Look, I mean, I was just thinking about the general uh, greeting scene. Uh, hugs are okay. I actually find handshakes sometimes can be more awkward mm. because there's more that can go wrong. I mean, in classic on the, the Riverview Church scene, right, the boardwalk here at Burswood when you're walking from the car park, mm. the classic if you're doing greeting is you don't want to say hello too early. You have to do the double hello. Yeah, if you say hello too early, there's the awkward space between the time <laughs> that you say hello and the person actually gets to the doors. So. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm learning about how to greet better as we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not, you know, People are like, people say to me, you're not a hugger, are you? And it's not that I'm not a hugger. It's just not a given. Like I'm not always mm. going to go in for the hug. Mm. And so it's like if there's an awkward moment, I'm probably going to be less yeah. likely to have a hug. But if, if I have a good one, like if I start off hugging someone in a good way, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can rely <laughs> on that hug. <laughs> I feel like as well there's also just a nice social etiquette to spacing too. You know, At Review Safe, oh, yeah. we talk about the canoe. Yes. I actually think the canoe is a good life rule. Yes. No one should be in my canoe. If you've if you've never gone through the Riverview Safe um, uh, course, basically picture yourself in any social setting in an imaginary canoe. Yeah, and there's your there's your guide to personal space. It's the Christian side hug. Yeah, you that's gotta, gotta appropriate. Yes. but uh, you know, with all the restrictions that are easing as well, it's well, interesting. No but <laughs> well, we're we're at a two square meter per room distance now we're per in person. More of a canoe. It's more of a um pontoon well, kind of a but, thing. But the it? thing is, two square meters, that's as close as I'd want to be anyway. Right? <laughs> like if if you're in a one square meter per person room, it's probably too close. Well, I always think that like on a Sunday morning in a church setting, regardless of whether you're like volunteer leadership or punter or, sorry, person attending church, <laughs> part of the community, uh, the secret weapon is always the breath mint. Yeah. Because there's so many people around, the last thing you want is to be breathing it's on good. someone. It's good. It's not a vibe. Very good. 
Now, Reese, you've been away this week on leave. Uh, yeah. We're talking about silence and solitude today. You get any of it? Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> not much silence. <clears throat> um, a little bit of solitude. Went for some bike rides, some long bike rides, which I suppose, you know, kind of, it's a bit of a bit of space to kind of, you know, collect my thoughts. Mm. And over the past week, actually, I've had some 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 quite deep chats with people about um, the whole Black Lives Matter kind of yeah, thing, yeah. which is very a very kind of potent um, phenomenon at the moment. Mm. And then also had some really deep chats with my family back home about kind of, you know, kind of examining how we got here effectively now, kind of the the, the threads that run through the family and mm. things that we'd like to work on. So so there's certainly kind of food for thought, but there's I wouldn't I wouldn't value, say yeah. yeah I wouldn't say there was much. Um, Zen, solitude, downtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, today obviously we are having a conversation around silence and solitude. This is one that we've kind of been interested to have for quite a while because I think we're so aware that mm-hmm. in our day to day lives we make very little room for silence. Um, this idea of almost just sitting and being and waiting actually really uncomfortable i mean yeah, what totally. netflix have changed their wait for the next episode to like three seconds or something skip like that. <laughs> yeah like skip intro we we cannot wait for anything we no, can't we just can't. sit and be i i mean i try this and the tendency after five ten minutes if even that is to pick up my phone or even pick up a bible and read like just do something yeah, yeah, yeah. not just sit and be and so we're excited for this conversation and uh to join us to have this conversation, we mm. have the Reverend Monica O'Neill. Powerful. And now she's a senior minister. She's a ministry supervisor and she's the director of uh, leadership at VOS, along with being a, a great conversation to have. Uh, she's also the mother of Claire Gagler here on staff oh. as well. She's and part of the Gagler dynasty. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> she's she's in, or, in the orbit. But she was... Um, Great value for the conversation. Mm. So good for, good for the banter. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy this. Well, welcome to the Riverview Conversations podcast, everyone. We've got our special guest with us here, Reverend. Monica O'Neill, and we've just talking. We're just talking about her. Um, uh, a little birdie told us about her method for dealing with yeah unusually close Rumors. talkers. Lovely, yeah. I'm so set up here. Thank you very much. So, yeah, what? You What's want, your method? You want me How do you, to tell yeah, yeah. you what so, I do? So you've got, you've got someone who's like so, who, so people get right up in your get grill within my little personal space, and I'm a I'm born in Kalgoorlie, so I have a bit of personal space. But mm. people do like to get in it because they feel like I care. Um, or, or they don't know, I don't know, but they, <laughs> they, they come up, they come up close. So I take a step back, yeah, you know, because yeah. that's a good thing to do. And if they follow me into it, I take another step back. And yeah. if they follow me into that, I actually go to sport, which is not very pastoral, is it? <laughs> but I have actually done a whole figure eight with take someone a in the a left. foyer. So you yeah, see what they... shapes you can draw yep. on the ground. <laughs> you could almost do the time warp, you know, like a uh, step to the left. I know? could, and a little yeah. step to the right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bring your knees in tight. No, it's, it's actually the configuration that's the fun and, <laughs> and, and keeping a, and paying attention to what they're saying because that matters. At it's the true. same time, it's multitasking that at the same good. time as drawing a figure eight. That's I good. suppose yeah. that's the thing because if you do have a close talk, you just don't want to um, zone out and not 
be present. No. Well, you don't want to and also there's not infinite space to just keep stepping back so you do need to get creative. (laughs) That's why I always think like in a social setting or particularly on a Sunday morning in church, your secret weapon is the breath mint. Mm, you know, good point. Because if if you happen to be in that kind of a situation, you don't want to be the one. Like, you mean handing it to them or you, yeah, you using it yourself? Hey, you want a mental dispenser? <laughs> oh, maybe I'm that, having one. Would maybe you that's like your one? method for dealing with yeah. the close yeah, talkers. Right. It's like, yeah, enjoy this eclipse. That's right. Now, yeah. besides dealing thanks. with close talkers, Monica, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? How did you get into what you're doing? Uh, okay, well, my primary role in life now is as a nana, but I won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> I, I work as uh, in two spaces, so I'm a bit of a tent maker but in the same kind of way. So I work at uh, and teach and do some supervision type work, professional supervision through Vos, uh, Vos mm-hmm. Seminary, and I also pastor a church. And I've felt God calling me into that kind of work when I was really young and I've just kind of nudged around and pursued that in all sorts of different ways over the years. Mm. Pretty varied, a bit of a Heinz 57 varieties (laughs) journey Um, and through lots of different denominational groups and spaces Mm. and, Mm. um, yeah, different expressions. So it's pretty varied. I've seen a fair bit, enough to tell a few stories. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure I could still be surprised by some things. Mm -hmm. Well, we're here today to talk about... Silence and solitude. Mm. But um, I suppose in general we're more talking about um, spiritual practices and disciplines, right? Yep. Which uh, we were talking before is maybe not the, the most trendy thing to talk about in church because discipline implies a certain yeah, amount of… Bad um, word. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not something that's often talked about. Um, but what are we talking about when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, spiritual yeah. practices, that type of thing? Yeah, we're, we're talking about, um, to borrow a phrase from a friend of mine, Dean Grotzinger up at True North, um, Dean talks about bench pressing for the soul. So spiritual disciplines are habits or things you can do in a repeated or intentional fashion that make you stronger in your soul. Mm. And I don't know if it's very popular to think about having a weak character and a weak soul or having and strengthening mm. that, but Scripture's mm. clear. Um, Hebrews, it talks about um, by, by reason of use or practice, having learned to discern good from evil. So you can actually practice discernment and get mm. better at it. Mm. We're told to exercise ourselves to godliness and it is referring to this kind of bench pressing, working out kind of exercise. Mm. And um, so growth is a real thing um, and this is these are habits, things you can do to promote um, core strength for mm. your soul mm. and also some niche strength as well. Like if you've got yeah, a particular right. thing coming up, I have some friends who are activists and they practice certain spiritual disciplines before they do a political action. Yeah, well. Because of the toll that that kind of work yeah, takes right. on your soul, mm. so they they work out spiritually mm. as a part of their their well being and right. strength uh, to to act. Mm. Yeah. So you're saying I can't just go to the gym once and I'm <laughs> yeah. sorted. It's can't about building yeah. habits. Once. I, yeah. I've had lots and lots of gym memberships. I've never <laughs> seen one out in my life. <laughs> I usually have a flurry at the end, to, yeah. you know. But no, which it, I suppose it's, it's like in in I, I think back into my journey as a Christian so far. Often when I find myself in a bit of trouble, I I head to the Bible quickly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. rather than mm. perhaps spacing out. Or being more disciplined with my spiritual practice. You know? Yeah. Well, what if we took the word discipline and said habit? Yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, yeah. ages ago, I learned to run 
and a friend of mine who's a bivocational minister, Simon Elliott, he runs a run club. And we, um, our first week there, he got us to do this run. It was a couch to 5K and we were like the potatoes yeah. group, you know. <laughs> so we're all there in our big floppy stuff. And and Simon said to us, shoot, you know, go run around that pond, run as far as you can and then walk the rest of the way. And then when we all got back, he said, okay, so did anyone run? And we all went, yeah, we ran. And he said, how long? And he said, but you all ran, yeah. And he said, okay, look at yourself, you're a runner. And then from then on it was about saying I'm a runner and therefore I mm. run. Mm. But it took intention and it took habits, it took exercises. We had to build core strength because I was, I was the most flippy floppy runner. Mm. Like I, I was all over the shop and in, injuring myself. Yeah, right. And I had to go and work on certain things yeah, so right. I could carry myself through a run. Mm. And I have been a good runner oh you know not fabulous but I've been able to run distance and really enjoy it same spiritually um Mm. to be able you go up against something that's going to test your patience or test your resilience or test your endurance test your capacity for joy and adversity and you've got nothing on the inside your your Mm. whole posture your whole core strength just caves Mm. and Mm. and you're gone and so if you want to kind of increase your capacity to live the fruit of the spirit to develop a posture that looks a bit more like Christ, then these are the way to do it. Uh, These are ways to to go there. Just before about, you know, running, you just kind of rip into it and maybe you're not so practiced at it and you injure yourself. Do you think we're in danger of doing that spiritually for ourselves if we are not adopting a more helpful kind of framework of spiritual practice, habits? Great question. Mm. Um I've certainly got weird myself and I've seen other people get weird. So so maybe a balanced regime that, that has a few millennia of wisdom and practice mm. behind it could yeah. be worthwhile. You yeah. know, it's the equivalent <laughs> of getting into runner's world mm. and learning, you know, and getting a coach to run. Well, why yeah. would we not do that with our souls? Yeah, that's, that's really you know, good. Read the, the good mags yeah. and the, yeah. the, the good blogs and, and get a coach. Mm. And mm. one of the um, spiritual disciplines or habits or practices that you see so evident in the life of Jesus um, was around silence and solitude. And the, mm-hmm. and the challenging thing I find is when I look at my own life and the discrepancy there, that's probably actually one of the, the big differences between the habits that I've built into my life. When we're talking about silence and solitude, what like, what are we talking about? Yeah, we, we're talking about a, a set of the spirit classic spiritual disciplines which are called inward discipline so they're very they're discipline of you as a unit you as one person there's a set of corporate disciplines that are you in community with others and then Mm. there's a set of outward disciplines which are about you serving out as a as a discipline Mm. as a a strength exercise Um, these two are inward ones so they're very personal and they are I think they're just quite clearly uh, it's quite simple they're about being alone with yourself and God and being silent. Mm. Um, and that silence is about not feeling like a, you have to talk all the time. Mm. Uh, it's about not talking to others. It's about not being on your social media. Yeah, yeah. It's about refraining from interaction, um, linguistic interaction, whatever kind that is, mm. with other people. Mm. Um, so you're actually setting yourself aside for a little bit of time that's you and God. Mm. It's quite hard to do. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. quite hard. I'm, I've am i been really hopeless at it. So 
I, I came on condition that you knew it was, you know, the dummy's <laughs> guide good, to yeah. silence and solitude. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, I mean, so, I'm, I'm a big introvert and I love alone time, but that alone time is, is for the most part, not doing that. It's me alone doing this. Yeah, at yeah. My phone, maybe you on the phone, sending or... memes, creating stuff for other <laughs> yeah, people, yeah, doing. Yeah. So it's about communicating out yeah. and having it come back in, and and solitude is actually about stopping that, just carving it off, mm. and seeing what's there. But it's quite scary to do. So yeah. we don't um, opt in. We try it for yeah. a couple of minutes, and then we give up. Yeah. Then we get yeah, back yeah, on yeah. our phones, yeah, you know, yeah. or whatever. I, I, I found phone a, a friend. I, yeah. I read a book once um, called How to Break Up with Your Phone, and I would find that as I did it, my I would get like yeah. where my phone normally resides. <laughs> I would get a bit like it's almost like phantom twitches. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, and it's kind of the same. I, I feel like my yeah. I think something if I'm ten minutes just like sitting there by mm. myself, not with a phone, not with. Um, you know, attempting to mm. find some solitude, I get physically a bit antsy. Yeah. So I think it, so. I think that's the first thing about solitude. There's actually a pattern that you're breaking, mm. um, a mm. communication pattern and an attachment to communication, and you're you are ripping a pattern yeah. or stopping it for a period of time. So it does feel can feel like withdrawal, mm. um, and that's okay. Uh, Henry Nowen said that when we uh, practice um, solitude and silence, our personal demons come out, they scream. Yeah, well, yeah right. And um, that was one of the most comforting things I heard because I just thought I was going mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I did. Mm. But, you know, <laughs> um, to realise that the silence means you actually come face to face with yeah, something it's else. It's just you and God. You can't really it's escape. It's just you and God. <laughs> and so there's a real spiritual element to that level of intimacy. Yeah. Like when you find yourself alone in a room with someone mm. who you don't know well, Mm. you you feel really awkward right yeah, yeah, um, yeah and yeah. you that level of closeness and intimacy it's okay for however long it is before you want to break yeah, it yeah, yeah. Um, and that's mm. what we experience in silence and solitude yeah. with god we we want to break it because mm. we get uncomfortable yeah i remember a couple of years ago i got into the habit um, maybe only for a year or so but hey good run uh where i well where done. i would go yeah. to a park and i'd leave my phone in the car yeah. and just spend some time like walking and praying yeah. and Sounds really pitiful, but it was extremely difficult. Like yeah. just to go MIA for like two hours, yep. turn off every, like leave your phone. Like yep. Yep. it's strange how difficult that is. It is really difficult. We're a super connected generation. Mm. So we, if I put aside time and say I'm going off my devices, for instance, mm. um, I I will find myself creeping back to the device <laughs> yeah. and I'll find my hand like reaching onto mm. it, like picking it up, like I'm just going to hold it. Mm. <laughs> but it's, yeah. So mm. uh, silence and solitude is not easy. And in other times and places, the things that tended to break it or distract us from being present mm. with God mm. were different. Yeah, yeah. But now I think it's about our and constant I'm, connection. Yeah. And I imagine they're still there as well. Like, I mean, even if even if I would be off my device and sitting around kind of if I had some time, I would feel like I should be doing something else, whether it be cleaning the house or doing something. Or of, making sourdough. Or that. Exactly. Yes. So I don't do the, I do the eating of the sourdough, not mm. the making of the sourdough. Yes. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, the, like you say, that your inner demons are, you're mm. confronted. They my my uh, propensity to strive for something, achieve significance comes up. Yeah. When I'm attempting yeah, the yeah. practice of solitude, I feel like I should be doing more yeah. or being more or being yeah. different or 
doing something of significance as opposed to being. Yeah. And and I'm interested because obviously the habits aren't something that we would do necessarily just because they're easy, but they're things that we do because they're worthwhile. They're not easy. Yeah. yeah. You shouldn't think these are simple or attractive things. They're Mm. hard. Mm. And whilst we look back at maybe Jesus and you go, well, he didn't have a phone to distract him. He, he obviously deemed it, yeah, yeah. and he, he deemed it worthwhile <laughs> finding time for silence yeah. and solitude. So like, why was this central to the practice, to the lifestyle of Jesus? Because he obviously deemed it worthwhile. He did. Um, I think uh, I think he did that because that's when he spent uncluttered time. Mm as Father, Son, Spirit, you know. So that time aside was communion with God or communing or um, being, you know, present. We we have all sorts of words for it, but it, it's mm. very relational and that's where Jesus said he would hear and see. Um, I don't think that he went into that place or carved that place out to hear and see. I think that just happens when you're with people, you hear and see you yeah, notice what yeah, they're thinking yeah, and right. who they are and how they are. And so the oneness means there is a there is at times a transfer of um, knowledge or insight or care, but it's not that's not the reason for the being. It's more a natural outflow of relationship yeah. that occurs. Um, so I think Jesus went to be aside because we're not we don't do well as humans and Jesus was fully human as much as, as Jesus is fully God. We don't do well if we're always giving out mm. and if if we have a cluttered, cloudy, crowded in world, our own soul is crowded in, our capacity to notice God and to um, notice what God is doing and to follow into that, to even access the spiritual power available, it gets cluttered. It's mm. like you, you're crawling through through a, a hoarder's mm. shed, you know, yeah. and you just yeah. Yeah. Or, or their lounge room and it's just piles and piles of stuff. Well, that's our soul. Mm. And sometimes we just got to clean out the room mm. so we can just sit there and be present in it. Mm. One of the other things I find challenging about silence and solitude is I feel like I should be hearing something from God mm. or receiving some kind of revelation, but mm. oh, I didn't. I must be doing it wrong. Yeah, so you oh, almost enter. God didn't meet me in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I must have not been silent enough. Reese, is that because you've been told stories of people having these times with God when they then did hear or like? Potentially. Uh, I think it comes back into my desire to tick the box and achieve a thing. It's like, oh, I come out of that time and I I didn't hear the word. Oh, okay. Great. Mm. You must have done it wrong. Okay. Yeah. Scratch that. Yeah. It's transactional. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like, you know, click and collect here, God, Mm. I'll I'll punch in an hour's silence or 30 minutes with you in solitude and Mm. um, or even a whole day retreat or a (laughs) two-day retreat. I know. And surely you should. You should get your yeah, yeah. your checkout yeah. from that. You yeah. should get your stuff. You mm. paid you paid it and ordered it, but it doesn't work like that. It's a relationship with God, and you're paying attention. I reckon it's a bit like going on a date with God, and so the first date's just really awkward. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, and, I like that. Um, and so you know, for those who haven't dated for a while or who don't think much of it, maybe it's not a great example. But we we suddenly find ourselves. We say, "Oh, we're going to get time alone with God." It's like first date just the two of you somewhere 
and it's like you sitting in a bare room with nothing to do looking at each other. I hope we have something in common. Yeah, for one hour, <laughs> two hours, three hours. And all that social awkwardness, I think we're actually socially awkward with God. It's like yeah, I don't yeah. know what to do now. I'm in a bare room with you. Mm, mm. Um, do do I, you know, does my bum look big in this? You know, like <laughs> how do you, how, yeah. what do you even yeah. do? And we don't know, which is why I think learning some stuff helps, knowing that if you sit in quiet and solitude, your demons will come out, all the things that, trouble you, plague you, that sit below the surface, come to the surface, yeah. well, it's kind of you can say, oh, okay, look at that. Look at what's coming up and you can maybe mm. talk to talk God about, about that. that. Mm. Um, the other thing I think uh, first dates are really cool, I think, if you don't sit in a bare room and stare at each other for the first three hours, like maybe go for a walk together, maybe yeah, right. do mm. something together. So things that generally connect us with God have are often nature-based or activity-based. And so uh, some people are makers, you know, they they uh, do woodcraft or they mm. um, they have uh, some kind of sewing or they they do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you can do things that are you doing those in the presence of God but your mind is being yeah, stilled right. mm. um, or you go for a walk and you're just noticing but you notice with God mm. and you you keep paying attention to the fact that God is in that space with you. And when everything tries to crowd in and be the front and centre of that space, you yeah. clear it away again. And it's it's pretty constant until you get strong at it. Mm. Like those things scream and shout and clutter and, yeah. you mm. know, you can spend your whole first attempts at this just trying to clear the clear the space. I suppose what you're talking about is not just being deliberate about, um, okay, I'm going to set this time aside, but actually going, um, I'm going to take it seriously. Yeah. I'm aware of the things I might come up against. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm aware that it's probably not practical to set aside two hours as a first go. I'm going to be, I'm not going to be too hard on myself. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take the time just to be, whether it's 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Once a week. Yeah. <laughs> for, and if I get to yep. the end of 52 weeks and I've done it 52 times. That's regardless huge. of what I yeah. might receive from it in terms of revelation or clarity or um, it's you could consider that, you know, quality, like that's yes. in the bank, you know, that's yeah. practice that I've, that's strength that I'm building into my life. Mm. Yeah, you've, you have intentionally spent time with you and God. That's what you've done. Mm. Um, and in a really disciplined way to clear away all the other voices and the other crowdy things yeah. in, in our lives. And you can set yourself up for success, I think, Reese, with it. And going on a like going on a date with God like that, with no preparation, not having thought about it, not even having listened to a podcast like this, mm-hmm. not reading anything. Um, you you won't if you read, if you prep, you won't be surprised by the craziness of what happens. You mm. go, oh yeah, that's that, and you'll chill, mm-hmm. you'll yeah. relax, you'll get into it a bit quicker. Um, you'll expect yourself to try to sabotage yourself and you'll have a good laugh at it. You'll take it lightly and you'll mm. keep going. Mm. Um, you'll expect your demons to come up and yeah. you'll expect that God will be mm. present. You just don't know how and mm. because you've got to explore yeah. that and find that out. Um, and I think that adding activities like walking or canoeing or cleaning, gardening, painting and stuff really just mm. does, just takes that awkward what I call the social edge yeah. off yeah. and and helps you just mm. chill out with God a little better. Mm. One of the words you used earlier was uncluttered. Uh, yeah. I found that quite interesting. And 
I'd love to just ask you about alternative almost coping mechanisms that we we use because I, I, what I'm sensing is this silence and solitude is really giving you space to bear honest truth with God and get alone with him and mm. um, embrace how you're going and, and and hearing from him or even just being still with him. Um, we were talking the other day actually just about our tendency for like escapism and um, just wanting to fill our worlds with Netflix or mm. um, alcohol or, you know, the, choose your potion. Yeah. We Get do many things thing just to you. avoid actually even yeah, entering that space. Yeah, we do. I don't even really know what I'm asking, but how do we help ourselves to actually be more ready to enter that space as opposed to just fill the gap that we know is there with other things? I think oh, there's probably a few possibilities. One is just giving it a go, knowing mm. it will be awkward and difficult and hilariously a failure um, <laughs> and just recognise that, like yeah. a really bad yeah. first date or first ten dates. Um Maybe getting some help is good. So having someone help you practice silence. Something I think we're fundamentally afraid of being in God's presence, even at, at a level. I don't think it's the baseline. So when we're believers, our spirit knows that the Father loves us, that we're loved. But there's this other level that kind of sits on there that questions that and goes, I don't know, am I really? I've been mm. I've been an idiot or I've been mean or I've yeah. been you know, I've been dark, I've been horrid or I've been less than or I've... And so when we think of being quiet with God, there there can be this anxiety that we've been failing or that we're not Mm. that loved Mm. or that if we sit in God's presence alone that God won't look at us. You know, so sometimes when I'm with people pastorally or in supervision or something, there are times when we just stop Mm. and we take 60 seconds to just sit quietly and we imagine uh, we put our mind space in that space of I am just in the presence of God and and we're just clearing that and we're just noticing God's face towards us. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon for people to feel terror at that because they're not sure what they're going to see mm. when they imagine seeing God's face towards them. and that mm. And then when you sit there and we go through that exercise, there are often tears or a prolonged silence, the kind that God gives from a sacred moment because they realise God wasn't avoiding them, God wasn't Mm, looking the other way and nor was God rolling God's eyes or looking disappointed. Mm. It was just welcome and embrace and fundamentally I think we're a little afraid that Mm. we're not that welcome, we won't be that embraced, that we're not not quite okay. Mm. I don't believe that's the bottom line, but I believe it's a cluttered enough, loud enough kind of demon scream in our souls that we avoid being with God Mm. because we're just not sure that God loves us. Are you saying that 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 might be one of the indicators that God is present in the moment or speaking or doing something, that his face, uh, I suppose um, recognising his presence and welcome and um, embrace is might be an indicator that he's there. Because mm, I, well, I suppose normally we would so. like we would be in a moment in in maybe like a church gathering and there's lights and there's a it's band the and there's a preacher playing, and there's the spirit the keys and there's yeah. prayer ministry happening and sure you might receive something 
there, but yes. you don't have that when you're alone with your thoughts and attempting to be with God. Oh, but you can. Yeah, right. Mm. So if you practice solitude and silence, that same transcendent connection that you feel with God during those moments, you can feel walking to the shop, pegging out washing, mm. sitting low, you know, booting your computer up for a day's work. Mm. Um, so, so you're almost saying by building the habit in, it's actually allowing him to almost invade all parts of our lives. You know, it's, it's I think it's Brother Lawrence, the practice in the presence yeah. yep. thing. Yeah. Mm. And silence and solitude mm. is, I I believe, it, as a frequent practice, is a way to embed that practicing of the mm. presence of God. So we don't need to go to a particular place to be aware and in connection with God, we can stop any moment. So we could stop in this podcast now for 60 seconds and mm. say we are all of us in the presence of an omnipresent, yeah, all-present yeah, yeah. God and notice God's face towards us. Mm. And at the end of that 60 seconds we say, well, what did we notice? Mm. And that is, that's massively empowering. Mm. And it's it to me that is just as transcendent and in some ways infinitely more accessible mm. than uh, some of the beautiful expressions we have when we come together to worship because those things do happen there as well. Yeah. But the peace of God passes all understanding yeah. and it it is a gift that mm. comes. It's it's not just the peace of God is not just an am, absence of clamour. Mm. It's actually God's love surrounds us yeah, and awesome. says you're safe. Mm. So in the middle of COVID and ISO and, you know, mm. have we got another outbreak or haven't we and are we going to be okay? You know, you can be in an ICU unit and just be silent and know God's presence. And so if, if there's anywhere, yeah. you know, machines and bleeps and no silence yeah. and interventions and those sorts of places, you want to be able to access and know and be in connection with yeah, God's presence awesome. there for mm. yourself, your loved ones, your friends, mm. you um, know. I have a question around the um, seeming – it's silent retreats and going somewhere to, mm. um, I suppose, find some solitude seems to be growing in its popularity. But I, I wonder if that might be um, a little bit more like extra for experts. It's like all very well for those of us who are, are not or, or who are, who are almost like well practiced at solitude to go on a mm. one or two or three day yeah. kind of silent retreat, but then yeah. those of us who are not well practiced, we go, yeah. and then that we've ticked that box, and yeah. maybe yeah. it's and do we attach too much pressure to that as yeah. well? You know, like mm. like you were saying, going on even a, a tenth date, if we're attaching the pressure to have all the answers in our lives, uh, all the questions in our lives answered, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be a pretty disappointing <laughs> tenth so. date. Yeah. I think so. Like I. I've, I lead retreats at times and I would not recommend someone start with something like a two-day silent retreat. I mean, my first silent retreat I set up myself after reading Richard Foster's Spirit, you know, like <laughs> Celebration of Discipline. I went, oh, my gosh, there's other things. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to try this. Went away. The first time the kids were old enough for me to go away overnight just about went nuts. I went mm -hmm. to a little town just <laughs> down the road from where we were and stayed in this place and, and I lasted, uh, 
I lasted 14 hours before yeah. I thought, actually, I'm really going to go nuts here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but a lot had happened in that 14 hours of this kind of clearinghouse stuff. But I also knew I'd reached my limit. Yeah. And so I went to the people I knew in the town and said, oh, I just need a cuppa and we hung out. Yeah. Um, I think those are very advanced things. Yeah. I'd yeah. love and I think if you're going to try it, then have some kind of guide, even if it's one you download and yeah. you yeah. take with you, uh, that teaches you to have little segments of focus throughout yeah. Yeah. that time. Mm. You know, so it's kind of a planned mm. Uh, experience a getaway with God more than I'm going to somehow be silent for, Mm. you know, I'm going to be silent for two two days. Well, what is that? Well, no, I'm going to have uh, a planned time with God for two days and it's going to involve a bunch of silence. It's probably a bit like something like fasting, right? I know I've had some shocker stories when it comes to, you know, I I went, I think the first time I ever fasted, I was like, I'm going to go a three-day fast. I succumbed about 14 hours into a quarter pounder. (laughs) (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. Yeah, fasting's not for me. eh? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We we really have to laugh at the failures. It's like, it is like when I was learning to run or like a bad, like a dating experience. Some of it's just going to be terrible. Mm. Mm. Um, and there might be some injuries and some calamities and some <laughs> hilarious fallover moments or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Do, I've ha- had conversations with Christians who are a bit sceptical of things like this because it seems a bit like a mystic kind of ethereal new agey, which is ironic, right, because the stuff that we do like in a regular church gathering, it's all of those things, right? Mm, Jesus was such a mystic though, you know? <laughs> is an but, issue. But I've, I've even heard <laughs> people say like well-meaning Christians say things like, oh, you can't go and do yoga or you can't go and be involved in that thing because that might turn you gay, you know? Like I wonder what? if there's like a… <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, I know, right? It's puzzling, right? Oh, that but is, that I, is like, a bit puzzling. Is there a… I'm just going to breathe and have a silent moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there… Um, a bit of a scepticism towards this type of stuff like in modern or certain strains of yeah. Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is. We uh, In my church we've started a, just a guided formation thing um, online and we so we've been hosting gospel contemplations they're called. So we read the story and then we have silence and people imagining themselves in that story with God. So we give them something to do with their imagination but it's silent we have to guide that and there are a few people who've been like this is really freaky yeah mm. but it's covid so we're going to give it a go yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and they it, they've been really uh there's been stories coming back about them beginning to relate to god you can see this there's this qualitative change in the way they're speaking about mm. god uh-huh. uh in even in the way they're praying when they pray out loud so i think there is a scariness about it that it's um, that I'll go weird or yeah. that you'll go weird because there are people who do appear weird in this space. Mm. But I don't know, does that mean because some people look hopelessly in love with other people, does that mean we would never go on a date? Because some people do PDAs, pub, you know, yeah, public right. displays yeah, of affection, does that mean yeah, we yeah, would yeah. never fall in love? Mm. Yeah. Um, does that mean we would never be mm. romantic, hold hands? So I think we, we're we so busy trying to be in control yeah. and look smooth, look smart, look snappy. Um, that's a crock. Mm. It's this, this stuff is about building a relationship with God. 
and making mm. time and space to do it. Yeah. And as we do it, these things are exercises that build a fabulous relationship with God. Mm. Uh, it's not so that you can be super spiritual. So I suppose if you went into it to say, well, I'm going to go into this and become a mystic, yeah, you're probably going to go yeah. go down that path and it probably is going to look a bit strange. Yeah. Yeah. Can we can we just get practical? Um, I know you mentioned yeah. at the outset that you felt like you weren't necessarily the best at, at this, <laughs> but I think sometimes failure is a good learning place as well. It's so, my, what are maybe some my trusted method? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some like practical, almost pillars that we can? And I know we've mentioned some already, but yeah. if we're starting out at this, how would you recommend that we go about it? What What are some helpful um, tips that you would give to us in actually embracing this? Discussion? Get up at four a.m. every morning. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> get your crystals I'm out. Busy that oh day. my goodness. Um, <laughs> Getting up at 4 a.m., that's when I would get a drink and go back to bed. But anyway, um, <laughs> no. I I think acknowledging that uh, the practical steps, first step, create some kind of um, awareness of what's likely to happen. So what's the common human experience with silence and solitude so that you are aware? Mm. And it gives you a bit of courage, a bit of like, oh, I've got your number. You know, so mm. if I, I go into silence, my demons start to scream, my hand's reaching for the phone, you know, I'm suddenly feeling the urge to go shopping. I, I need, you know, mm. oh, having trouble, are we, Mon? Mm. <laughs> it's my that, self-talk. And that's quite yeah. interesting and, and so you it's start shaping to the expectation, right, which yes, normally like, is us getting something from exactly. God. Exactly, yeah. So we're going, oh, well, yeah, I'm going right. to mm. get loud in this. So my expectation would be I'm going to get loud. When I get silent, I'm going to realise how noisy and demanding and habitual <laughs> I am and that will be very confronting. Yeah. So yeah. it depends how much you can see of yourself, how long the silence <laughs> you would structure would be. So get aware that's that's going to happen so that you realise mm. it and it helps you push through. So if, you, if you're practising a new habit, you're going to know that you're going to have to push through a couple mm. of barriers. Mm. The next one is to start um, to make it, treat it like a habit. So I'm starting a new habit and sometimes the best way to do that is to um, structure it into your diary uh, for an event-based thing or to tag it to something else. So in creating new habits, tagging things to other already established habits helps. Habit stacking. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Mm. Great phrase. Mm. And so if you want to start practising silence, maybe habit stack it to something else frequently during the day. So 60 seconds of silence. Um, after you clean your teeth mm. or uh, 60 seconds of silence um, when you turn the ignition on in the car mm. rather than putting sound or a podcast mm. on, you have 60 seconds of silence. Mm. Depends. You know, if you've got kids in the car, that's not going to work. But <laughs> <Yeah>. Kids, like, <laughs> chill kids. out for a bit. <laughs> yeah. So you, you stack it, you add it to something else, you structure it and you go for the long haul. So you recognise you're going to break the habit several times before it becomes a habit. And you keep going. So you say, I know I'll stop, but then I'm going to get up and keep going. Like learn, learn And, and you think it's more effective to do almost 60 seconds every day than <laughs> one day with an hour or something. An hour. I, I think if you can do a day with an hour and you think you can do it, great. But try mm. 60 seconds yeah, yeah. and then try five minutes or... Um, yeah. or a half hour if you're feeling brave because mm. we are a really wired generation yeah. Yeah, yeah. and and we will get loud. Mm. Um, so I think 
Yeah. And the last thing is to plan the date with God so that you have some sense of how you're going to be in that space, whether Mm. you're going to have like a guided meditation that you walk through in the silence. So you don't just sit there and try and do om and clear (laughs) the brain. Um, Mm. That take that's a Herculean effort. So you're not going to start there. You're not mm. going to get a clear brain. So you just want to at least quiet it down yeah, and focus yeah, it. Yeah. And that takes planning. Mm. And you can download that stuff. You know, you can mm. buy books on it if you prefer or you can get a spiritual director or go on a retreat mm. and they'll take you through it gradually. Yeah. Because yeah. what you're saying sounds a lot more accessible. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the dummies guide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love so, the dummies guides. Yeah. yeah. Well, for me, it, you know. I find it hard, so I I think most of us do. I have met a few souls who are the exception to the rule, yeah, right. who just genuinely are deeply contemplative. And I think about people like Simon Stylites in history, just Google that sucker. Mm. Oh, my gosh, decades up a pole, like <laughs> metres in the air on a little platform being alone with God. Julian of Norwich you know, years and years in a little room just praying, bless them. You know, I mean, I just think that's yeah. that's not me. It's mm. not most of us. Mm. And yet there are others who, who just think that's the best thing. And sometimes they're the ones who write the books on it mm. that make us all feel like, like we're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they make us all feel like yeah. idiots and like it's inaccessible. Yeah. Um, but actually I think we can start where we are with what we've got which is a loaves and fishes kind of thing, isn't yeah. it? And yeah, really distribute the little bit and see what happens. Mm. Could you could you just pray for us before we finish up as to how we do this well? Um, I know you said that you feel like a bit sure. of a beginner with it. I think most of us listening yeah. probably yeah. are. You don't mind if it's a silent prayer, do you? Please. No. <laughs> <laughs> it might not be as good for the listeners, but. <laughs> with This is our silent podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Well, God, creator, you are everywhere all the time Mm. in every context and yet we hurtle through our days without um, paying a great deal of focused attention to you. Um, God, I'm so aware of all the crowdy things I build into my own life and so many of them are good and wonderful and, and right and yet for me and all of us um, listening, Sometimes just turning our face towards you to see your face turned towards us is a very risky, um, a very risky act. And so, Lord, I pray for all of us that we would have um, the courage to stop for a moment today and notice your face towards us and stop with it for one minute. And let you be, let you be our father. Let you be the one who loves and embraces, who welcomes and who supplies so richly um, for all of our life. So Lord, give us courage to look you in the face and notice you. Amen. If you found any of our podcasts, including today's one, helpful, the best thing you can do to support us is to share them, send them on to a friend or someone you know. And if you could rate us and review, 
give us a five-star rating and a glowing review. That would be great. We're on social media as well. Our handle is at Riverview Online, and we'd love you to join us for our weekly Sunday live stream, which is on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. Australian Western Standard Time. And if you can't make it, then the stream will be available for 24 hours afterwards. Our original music today is by Andrew Warrom. Until next time, keep having conversations.